Brendan Fraser is a man unhappy in his life. He wants to basically create a new one. He, mm -hmm. wa he wants to start all over, create something new. So he enters into a pact with the devil to make that happen. Kay, have you seen Bedazzled? Elliot Richards needs a life. You're the man, Elliot. It's all about first impression. Go over there, say hello. But most of all, he wants Allison. Hi. Hi. Do I know you? Oh, I sure hope so. We've only been working together for the last four years. Elliot has never had any of his dreams come true. I would give anything to have that girl in my life. Until now. Hello. <laughs> you're very glib. I thought you were a whiz with the ladies. <laughs> well. Let's go someplace quiet so we can talk. Um, okay. What if I told you that I have the power to give you anything and everything you've always dreamed of? Who are you? Promise not to tell anyone? I'm the devil. Oh! I, the devil, with offices in Purgatory Hell in Los Angeles, will give you seven wishes for one piddling little soul. Elliot may have seven wishes. You turned me into a drug dealer! You asked for rich and powerful. But she's not going to give him... Back so soon? ...a chance in hell. Oh. Bedazzled. Nobody gets it totally right right away. That's why you get seven wishes. Besides, do I look like somebody who tried to trick you? Hello and welcome to another episode of K Have You Seen Season 2. I'm Kari. I'm Kyle. And this is the podcast where one of us has seen a movie, feels very strongly, and wants to introduce it to the other. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> we're still our, working on our tagline. We're still working on it. Ugh. Tweet at us. Tell us what <laughs> we should say. Um, today, our topic is the 2000s classic, or maybe not, <laughs> Bedazzled, featuring Brendan Frazier and Elizabeth Hurley. So point of order, we... point of order right at the top before we even get into the before we get into it. Yeah. Uh, how do you pronounce this lead actor's last name? Brendan Frazier. And I have, I, I know for a fact at least one fan will appreciate that. Are you quoting Dickie Roberts from a child am. star? I am. Oh my God. I'm so sad that you've seen that movie. <laughs> I would bring it to Me this podcast too. so fast. What? <laughs> Oh, that might be a throwdown. Uh, maybe it will be. That movie is a classic. All but right. I have a feeling if I rewatched it, I might feel similarly to this one. We'll get into that later. We certainly can get into anyway, that at any time. Before we get into any of that, um, Kyle, if you had three wishes, sure. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna limit it. Not okay. full seven. Um, what would you? What would you want? Well. I've always kind of thought that really the one thing everybody dances around when they're making their three wishes is happiness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would just wish to be happy. Do you think that's because, like, there's some kind of unseen rule that you can't, like, happiness can't just be given to you? Like, you can't wish for, like, happiness an abstract be, concept? Yeah, happiness must be accessed through one of these, like, real things, these, like, objects, these Perhaps. other things. Maybe so. That Although, may be it. Is that any more of a concept than, like... I don't know, intelligence or eloquence yeah, or right. I mean, these are, athletic these ability. Are qualities. I guess you can you work at those happiness. I mean, that's something you work at as you well. Do. You know, I guess it's you a do. it's a it's a condition of your life that I I don't know. I I don't know why this has never been explored in one of these like 
make a wish, be careful what you wish for situations. You yeah. know what I mean? Because how could that even possibly backfire? That's what I'm saying. Is that the reason why it's got no dramatic tension? Is it just too hard to poke holes in? I don't right. know. Maybe I you'd be like know. ignorant and happy. Like that's the way you'd go. But, but if like, you're still happy, how who would cares? you ever realize you weren't yeah. happy? Or maybe you would be. How would you ever realize that it was through your ignorance? I don't know. That's a good one. All right, happiness. And then just two other supplementary things? Um, probably like money and world peace. I don't know. Yeah, nice. All right. World peace at the end there. You get your soul back. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, this would be hard. I think. Um, oh, man. Well, you've just like trumped all of mine. That's like an <laughs> excellent answer. I think I would wish to never worry about money. I don't mm. care for a specific amount, although I can think of all the ways that like you could poke holes and be like, oh, you never worry about money because like you've never Cause heard of money or something. Money. Yeah, because like you're too dumb to, I don't know. But like to, to never have money be a concern. Um, yeah, I think I would wish for like, I don't know, find your purpose or something. If you mm. knew like you were doing exactly what you meant to do with confidence, that would be really nice. Yeah. And um, hmm, number three, it has to be something good so I get my soul back. Wish for everyone to find their purpose ah. in, a, in a positive way. Not in a like, well, maybe Hitler's purpose was to be like whatever, but like in a, you know, a purpose that's self-fulfilling and good for the world. The conditions that you would have to put on all of these wishes, no matter what they are, it yeah. are ridiculous. As we will discuss at length, that is like kind of the, like one of the main themes throughout the movie that we're about to discuss. And to that point, I, I, I'll bring this up when the uh, timing is a little bit more uh, appropriate, but um, I found uh, a surefire or semi-foolproof way to get what you want when you make your wishes, but oh. I'll, I'll bring that up towards the end. I uh, do yeah. want to discuss this, actually. It's, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to this, actually, yes. All right, anyway, first things first, my experience with this movie. Yes. Why did I bring this movie? I just love, I don't know, I saw this probably right around the time I watched Dickie Roberts, that kind of <laughs> era of my life, probably middle school. Um, it just was definitely not in 2000, way too young in 2000 to have even thought this was funny. Although I do, like, who was this movie exactly for? Teenagers, maybe? Like uh, middle school? Probably. Maybe? I mean, it's it's Harold Ramis, uh -huh. who is... Are you familiar with Harold Ramis? Um, throw some things at me. Ghostbusters. Oh, yes, absolutely. He, play, he, play, he was an actor in Ghostbusters. Um, okay. What else did he direct? Uh, he directed Caddyshack, National okay. Lampoon's Vacation, okay. Groundhog Day, Multiplicity, and he directed Bedazzled between Analyze This and Analyze That. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but he's been an actor and a screenwriter in a zillion things, including he oh, was an actor okay. and a writer in Ghostbusters, um, and uh, uh, lots, you know, a lot of really uh, iconic and not so iconic comedies from the '80s and '90s. Yeah, for that like storied of a of a repertoire of that like, you know, that's a lot of high caliber names. Mm -hmm. I felt like this was maybe a little amateurish. Like it just. Yeah. Did you Did you hear the part where I said it was right between analyze this and analyze that? Oh right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh yeah. I yeah I. I liked, I will get into all this, but I, I noticed at least in this movie that this moves really fast. It does. So I feel like that it had going for it. A lesser <laughs> it, director might have kind of sat in a lot of these moments, but it, it just It does moves. and it doesn't. It does and it doesn't simultaneously, okay. I feel like. What uh, did you feel like was too long? Um, well, okay, so the first wish 
-hmm. where Brendan Fraser is a, uh, uh, what is the name, Elliot Richards or something? Elliot. Vanilla like that? Yeah, it's um, very vanilla. But anyway, he, um, his first wish is to be like, well, it was supposed to, something like uh, he wanted to be handsome and rich and powerful and be married to the woman of his dreams. Mm -hmm. And he became a um, Colombian drug lord. Yeah. I felt like that Twist. segment went on for so long. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And it got they got shorter and shorter as he they, went yeah. on. Like mm -hmm. you, they he went through them pretty quick. Yeah. But um, yeah, that one was pretty. But that one was trying to I feel like pay off the 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 reveal of like yes, oh his, yeah. his wishes are gonna go badly. And it probably felt so long. It probably felt even longer than it would have otherwise because the entire thing was in Spanish and Russian in subtitles, oh. which. I kind of loved that. I liked it too, <laughs> okay. but it made it feel so much longer than yeah, it probably actually was. Yeah, that joke of the like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Oh my god, I'm speaking Spanish. Yeah, like, it's great. Okay, and I never thought about this before, but like, was that actually them speaking Spanish? Like, Brendan Fraser is amazingly fluent in Spanish, at least to me, who I is suppose, not fluent yeah. in Spanish. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no idea. And it was everybody? Everybody. Is Orlando like, Jones Allison? fluent in Spanish? Yeah. Um, uh, it was, yeah. And they were all speaking at that like, very rapid clip of yes. like, actual It was like, like telenovela speed. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was. But anyway. Anyway, we're getting back. ahead of ourselves so, a little yeah, yeah, bit, yeah. So this was just a movie that I don't, it's so quotable and mm -hmm. the episodic nature of it like makes it just really, really memorable. And I saw it at the right time when it was just like this sure. kind of humor was just easy to grab onto when you're like whatever 13. Um, one of my good friends, Tia, and I would watch it like all the time. This was just on our rotation with Dickie Roberts and all mm. that where you're just like, it's a funny movie and you can quote it. And anyone else, it wasn't popular enough that everyone, you know, yeah. it wasn't like a Napoleon Dynamite or whatever. Right. Everyone was quoting it all the time. So you'd like randomly kind of find those people that would be like, oh my God, I love that movie. Or like catch a quote when you say it mm -hmm, and you're just mm -hmm. like, wait, you've seen that? <laughs> Salty wet badges of emotional truth. You know what I'm talking about? So I don't know. That was always, it was just like a funny one from my childhood. But And that actually answers some questions that I had because okay. I, 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 this particular title, for whatever reason, um, it seems like you have brought up this one mm -hmm. in multiple times, even since the earliest ideation of this podcast. Yeah. And I was very curious as to like what was it that you came back to? Because don't get me wrong, I really actually did enjoy this movie. Okay. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I'm uh, not surprised that I never saw it because it does seem like the type of movie that would kind of like float under the radar. Yeah. Um, but I was curious, like as much as you seem to like it, as <laughs> I, I was very curious as to what it was about it that you come back to. I. It's just like, I think, that right time, it's very nostalgic. Like, oh, it yeah. was a very it sure specific time that I was watching it. And it just, yeah, it brings back, like, this This hit me at a time where, like, you would just be watching this movie obsessively. You know, like, where watching movies with friends was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And you had those, like, rotation movies that you watched a lot. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't well-known enough. It was kind of an inside jokey kind of thing. So I don't know. I think it just, yeah, it was, it's a very, like, close to my heart growing up movie, even though it's, you know, it's it, it's not one of those movies <laughs> that I feel strongly about because it's like a great movie yeah. or so funny or anything. It's just like, it was, it, it has a like, 
it, I have a soft spot for it. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, had you so had you heard of this movie? I had. Before? I remember the marketing campaign oh. specifically. I think that the image, the poster image, just stuck in my brain mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Whatever um, reason. I whatever reason. I mean, I, mean, I, mean I, I, I was only eleven in in two thousand, so like yeah. you know whatever. You know, Elizabeth Hurley may I don't know maybe, maybe just Brendan starting. Fraser to, was very expressive. It yeah, been that. there's it a lot of red. Although I will say, I will say this. Yeah, a lot of red. It just caught my attention. Yeah, like a dog or it's, something. Thing, just Color like, theory. Um, no, um, I, I didn't know a thing about it other than the basic, the most basic premise. Mm -hmm. um, and for some reason, when I was trying to think about what I remembered it, remembered about it, and like trying to remember like the trailer, for some reason, because that's what I usually remember. If I haven't seen a movie, I'd probably seen the trailer. Oh, uh -huh. and so I was trying to remember sure. like what was in the trailer rather than looking it up. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I had this movie conflated with Monkey Bone. Another comedy oh. that Brendan Fraser made around the same time oh, with like God. Chris Kattan, um, which is a very strange, like partially claymation oh, adult strange. comedy. Uh -huh. Anyway, and I never saw that one either, but for some reason I conflated the two. Um, oh, but he has, has like the same haircut. Yeah, well, Brendan Fraser has only had one haircut. I don't win his um... between from like other than Encino Man and like uh, since 2010, he's only had one haircut. I feel like. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All the Mummy movies, same haircut. I don't know when he came out as the like suave, eloquent guy. I was like, oh, this is like more Brendan Fraser that I recognize. Oh, you mean the part where he wishes to be super handsome and it's just Brendan Fraser with a slightly different haircut? Yeah, I was a slightly different haircut. And he but brushed he was significantly more handsome. Like, how did that happen? I was really trying. I was like, how do they make him look so like dopey? Did in they the put a fake parts? nose on him? I don't know. I in was that sequence, that did they put a fake nose on in him? In other ones, definitely. In oh, in the handsome one. Yes. Because I, I, I could have sworn his nose is like a tiny bit longer. And the only thing I could oh. think of was that when they finally show back to his apartment and he's got that bust, that uh -huh. like Greek bust in it, were they matching the nose? Oh. Because I remember that because it starts with a close up of this bust from like an ancient right. Greek bust, and I was like, "Is that the same nose? Am I losing my goddamn wow. mind?" Oh, I did not pick that up, but I will be really impressed. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I, that must have been like a really painful experience in the makeup All trailer. The if makeup, they did, oh like, my god, they're like, "Oh, this is the handsome sequence." Whoop! Get out the prosthetics. Like, let's make this happen. Oh, that would have been bruising yeah, to your ego. Yeah, for sure. Um, although, sidebar, um, I read recently somewhere, and I never knew this, that I found it fascinating. Orson Welles was really self-conscious about his nose, and so as soon as he was able to get into, like, Hollywood, he made friends with, like, makeup artists, and he would just collect false noses and, like, wear them. In, in real life? In, sometimes in real life, but mostly in his movies. So mm. most of his movies, he's wearing a fake nose. Uh-huh. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, why wouldn't you just get a nose job? I don't know. I mean, you're rich and famous. I have no problem, like, just, Because he wanted to wear, he wanted to have, he has, like, a box he of noses. He wanted to have he options. Options, yeah. obviously. It's like people who, like, do wigs, like, change their wigs <laughs> yeah. every day. I'm like, that is, like, an amazing, just, yeah, reinvent yourself every day. Sure. Do it. But uh, unlike Brendan Fraser's relationship with that haircut, which apparently he, like, now maybe I'm being unfair because, granted, a lot of these movies he did make in a pretty compressed period of time. So maybe uh, between, like, yeah. 1998 and 2005, he had the same haircut? I don't know. Yeah. That's not so long. That's not so bad. He just made an unfortunate choice, I think. That was oh. not a good haircut. Uh, and it's, mm, I hate to harp on Brendan Fraser's haircut so much, <laughs> but, man, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, front and center, pretty much. Oh, it's yeah, hard to ignore. A lot of 
close-ups. There's a lot of interesting things going on. Very true to its era, though, I would say. Which, yeah, to that, your like, point about this middle part. To your point about nostalgia, I mean, nostalgia for you for different reasons, but I, mm -hmm. I actually wrote down that this movie is kind of like a nostalgia time capsule um, for, yes. for, like, Y2K. Uh, era oh, because yeah, it's yeah. like I mean for one thing he does work at like a tech company in San Francisco so right. there's that obvious thing but also like the design like when they go to the devil's nightclub uh -huh. it reminded me a lot of Zoolander but then I realized that's oh, because yeah, they were both yeah. aping the same like ideals of fashion right because um, yeah. Zoolander was like what 2001 so it was like right around the same time mm -hmm. I think and so I, I did think that was really interesting um, and you know what that gaudy looking sense of style of yeah. what pre-9-11 America thought was really cool. 9-11 <laughs> um, changed all that. It really did. We were a different, like, we were a different country in a lot of ways. Like, neutrals um, only. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, totally. I totally agree. It's very, very, like, just out of the 90s. Like, we were just talking about how kind of the 80s, 90s, and 1000s had the same aesthetic. This was very, like, mm -hmm. specific to that, like, late 90s, This was, like, the moment. same very specific time period where you've got that glorious photo of Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears on the red carpet all in all denim. denim. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking we about. We all know that. And if you don't, do yourself a favor and look up Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, denim. 90s kids know. It's something else. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This, um, but, yeah, yeah I, for all that, Elizabeth Hurley, every outfit she wore looked flawless. Fabulous. Completely like, flawless. No, none of that was, I mean, it was dated, but, like, None of it, and I don't even think it's like just because she's hot. Like it just no, like none it's of it. Timeless. It's not timeless, but it like still works. Some of them like were definitely cartoony, obviously. Right. But like other than the very small lensed red sunglasses, which were kind of laughably outdated, but they're coming back. I was just gonna say I saw those and I was like, that's what fucking Courtney K is yes. wearing right now. Like that is. Uh, that's yeah, the thing. She's That's what scares me. That's what scares me. It's like I was I'm a little bit older than you, so I remember that time period a little bit better than you do. Mm -hmm. And I remember even at the time as a child thinking, this doesn't look cool. But now you got these freaking kids who are like, you know what's cool? That day glow camouflage that people were wearing in 1998. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what scares me about like the, <laughs> the cyclical youths. nature of fashion is when that kind of stuff starts coming back and nobody bats an eye. Old man Kyle over here, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The damn kids. They're bringing back the sunglasses. Yeah. Okay, first impressions. What were you, like when you found out we were actually going to have to watch this, mm -hmm. what did you think? What were you expecting? I had more of a like a legitimately open mind than I expected. Than I, than, not than I expected. I had more of an open mind about this movie than I have for several. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, I did actually like, because wow. I am notoriously closed-minded about <laughs> movies that I, I have opinions about. But... Um, no, I, I went into it pretty open-minded, and I was like, I know nothing about this movie. And that is not super common for when I actually watch a movie. Mm -hmm. I went into it kind of expecting Faust meets Bruce Almighty. Oh. And I was kind of on the nose yeah, kind in, of. in terms of its, its setup, but yeah. not in its execution. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it really helped that the opening credit sequence was excellent. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, the, it was. And that's actually what led to kind of my my topic I was gonna bring is like, mm -hmm. what is, what's actually the ethos of this movie? Like, yeah. What is, because everything there was kind of like, it, it was kind of a sinner saint thing in yes. the beginning, which I think does kind of they set that part up and pay it off. But for a movie where you're going to say definitively, like, God and Satan exist, mm -hmm. 
I was like trying to figure out what was their mm -hmm. thesis about religion yeah. then. Like the very first like part of the opening credits where it like identifies people with like freeze frame and like identify people and it said Saint Center. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so it's like this binary thing. But then throughout the rest of it, for a lot of it, it was kind of like, what is this person's sin? Mm. Or like, what is like the worst thing about this person? Because mm -hmm. it was like kind of identifying people by these negative traits in a lot of cases. Not in all Just the cases. Just in that sequence. In that mm -hmm. sequence in particular. And so I felt like I was kind of setting up like what the gradient of like good and bad was where like, right. and no spoilers, but like by the end, it's like somebody, like uh, um, the girl that Brendan Fraser ends up with, it was like her sin was like, her identifier was like hogs the covers yeah. or something like that, which is like, that's, I think that what it was saying was like, that's the worst thing that she does. And oh, I'm like, okay, okay that's, mm -hmm. not, that's not bad. Um, so yeah, what, as far as like, what is like the ethical or religious thesis overall, it's kind of hard to put a pin on just because mm -hmm. it seemed a little bit uneven in terms of what it was yeah. trying to say as the movie went on, which is, um, I don't know, I, it was, it, it definitely seemed like so much of it was played exclusively for laughs mm -hmm. that by the time it got to any kind of actual like remotely theological discussion, it kind of got buried mm -hmm. and it felt almost shoehorned in. Like it became like this cut, suddenly took a hard left turn into like, you know, church TV special or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of did. It, I think you can only kind of understand it from the beginning and end like those cats mm -hmm. basically when like, he makes that last wish and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that new wave, like, God is love and love is God kind of thing where you're just like, well, okay, people are just people. There's not really, like, evil and mm -hmm. good. There's just kind of people doing their best. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I think it falls apart if you look too far past that. Yeah. But it did have interesting, like, like Elliot is not a good guy in the beginning, at He's, least to me. Like, okay. He's kind Go of a on. jerk. He's a jerk. He is, okay, he's kind of a jerk. He is, like... Michael Scott on steroids. Yes. He's like Michael Scott squared yeah. from the office. But like, and that was something I wrote down in my notes. It's like, it was a very confusing character setup, mm -hmm. I thought, because at first he's like positioned, when you first see him, you're positioned to think like he's a sympathetic character. Mm -hmm. Then his first scene with dialogue, you're like, oh no, he's really obnoxious. Yeah. Like there's a, there's, a, there's a reason why people don't like him. It's because he acts like a tool. Like Not like he's mean to people, but he acts really annoying yeah. all the time. And it's like, you know, some people are awkward when they first get to know like your coworkers or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's like, this guy's been working at this company for four years. Yeah, and he's awkward. Like all the kind of back of the DVD box explanations mm -hmm. of this movie call him like a dweeb or whatever. Yeah. But like he is, he a tool's a better way to play. Like he's awkward in a kind of not nice way always it's true yeah which was an interesting way to play it yeah and it's not like he's trying to be mean but at the same right. time it's like he's trying to imitate how other people kind of like jab at each other yeah. but he's doing it so badly that he just comes across as kind of a jerk yeah I don't, I, I don't know i mean we all went to school with people who were like you know they weren't bad mm -hmm. but nobody wanted to hang out with them because they acted like this and i you know if you, you feel like a jerk because you don't want to like give them a shot yeah. but it's like you're giving them a shot and they still are just like unpleasant to be around yeah that's and a I, good michael scott is a great way to put it i didn't think of that but like yeah yeah that's it is it's not malicious but it's just like, it you just doesn't get it. the timing is wrong. Yeah, like, and yeah. so, and I feel like in a lot of cases that is something that a, lot, a surprisingly high number of comedies do wrong, mm -hmm. is like when they're setting up their hero, quote unquote, 
you get a person who it's like, no, I understand why nobody likes this guy. He's a jerk mm-hmm. in, in, in some cases, or in some cases it's just like, oh yeah, he's really obnoxious. And they never choose to acknowledge in the movie that this character has to confront they are, that they are being obnoxious. Like, mm-hmm. that could be an interesting movie. That could yeah. be an interesting subject for a comedy. But that's never what the conflict is. The, the inner conflict with the person is always something else. It's always like they reveal their good heart at the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's never, like, about actually becoming a better person themselves. Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of... Like, do you think this movie did that? Like, do you think he I had think to confront this, that? I don't think that he had to confront that. And that's the thing. It's like, I think that the, the not the thesis, I think that the statement this movie makes about its character or the assumption it makes about its main character is that he was a good guy all along and he didn't need to change anything about himself, which I think is not quite the movie that I saw Yeah, in action. At the end when he's kind of the closest to becoming his, like the last time we see him at the call center and he's you kind of feel like he's learned the most so, you know, he's he hasn't mm-hmm. really gotten the point yet, but he's really close. That's the point where, like, he, like, grabs the guy by his shirt collar yes. and kind of throws him off. And I was like, and we're supposed, oh, no, 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 and no, we're supposed to cheer, better. We're like, supposed to cheer for him because he's standing up for himself. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not how that works in real life at all. crazy and violent. Now they're yeah. going to be like, oh, this guy's weird and also dangerous. Yeah, like, fire him. No, oh. like, and, and yeah, I, um, the only change of any kind that he actually makes is realizing that you cannot make somebody love you. Yeah, that's it, and that's like something that should not be a huge realization in any movie, and yet that is also a major thing that you see pop up all the time in movies yeah. like this. So I was not, and what really surprises me about it is that like that I wouldn't be surprised by Harold Ramis because like he's never really been good at making like you know, heartfelt movies. Like, his mm. best movies are ones that are kind of mean-spirited, oh, okay. which definitely shows in this movie because the mean-spirited stuff is the funniest yeah. stuff. But um, Larry Gelbart, the co-writer, mm-hmm. um, legendary screenwriter for film, TV, and going all the way back to, he, his first writing job was for Duffy's Tavern on radio oh. in the 40s. Whoa. And he wrote on this movie. Can you imagine that? Like, writing, your, your career spanning from writing for radio shows to making a movie in the year 2000, like writing a movie in the year 2000 that's very zeitgeisty. Yeah. That's crazy to think about on its own. Yeah, that's wild. But on the other hand, I'm I'm disappointed because I felt like he, of all people, should have been able to identify like what's gonna work in like that kind of character arc. Mm -hmm. Um, And and either he did and he got vetoed or he didn't and that's, I don't know, either way it's kind of a bummer, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think his, character arc Elliot's was unsuccessful though like I think the the scene at the towards the end where like he finally kind of just talks to Allison as yes. a person that made sense to me I was like mm-hmm. okay this is a good and then he gets rejected yeah but he takes it like he takes yeah. it in stride it's not like it, it I feel like he kind of like you're saying had this whole perception of what was going on around him and not feeling like he could tap into mm-hmm. it and now he's tapped into it and even when it doesn't work like he's still in it he yeah. he just talked to her as a person he asked her out yeah she said no i'm sorry i'm seeing someone he took it and said like well you know yeah let me know if anything changes and and that was good i think that was solid it does weird me out a little bit that he then meets someone immediately after that looks exactly like her do you thought they looked the same 
I thought it was the same person. Is that not uh -uh, the same? Uh no, I don't think so. Are you sure? Wait a minute, maybe oh shoot, maybe it is. Maybe I that's it was exactly what... the same person. Oh my god. You know what it was? I think with the dark yes. hair, it mm -hmm. is the same person. Yeah. Okay. I think with the dark hair, I thought she looked like somebody specific else who I couldn't place. And so I was distracted by thinking she looks like somebody and I can't play. I think that's what it was. Yeah, she looks a lot like um. Yeah, she looks like Susan Egan to me. Hmm. And I kept thinking, she's the voice of Meg in Hercules, but um, she was also in Gotta Kick Egan. It Up. Uh, yeah, that part kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, what? So you can only, you're only attracted to her for her He's got a type. Then? He's got yeah. a type. Literally the same person. Like, Whatever. What's a, what, I mean, you know, he did say that he thought, like, all he could talk about at the beginning was how beautiful that she was. And I mm -hmm. felt like that was kind of like implied that like that was not meant to be, quote unquote, just because like, he found her really attractive, obviously. I mean, that's not, again, news to any adult human <laughs> being on the planet. Um, I mean, maybe, I don't want to speak for everybody, I guess. There's a bunch of dum-dums out there, but. Um, what, that attractive is? Uh, that's it, that that's it, basically. That's, uh, that's the, uh, um, that's the be all, end, end all, it, yeah. yeah. Um, now that you bring it up, it does seem kind of strange, but on the other hand, I'm like, yeah. Dude's got a type. That's, Whatever. That's fine. You can only fall in love with one person that looks like one thing. When you guys break up, go find someone with the exact same face. I guess maybe that was supposed to be like God throwing him a bone or something like that. Oh, where okay. it's like, guess what? There's another person who looks exactly like the woman that you're physically attracted to. And also she's personality type. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> match for match on you. You've learned enough. You don't have to learn anymore. Not yeah. how to love any other your person reward, that looks your different reward, or anything. Your reward for learning one thing Yep. is this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like what, you know, getting back to what the original question was, I mean, the the religious ideas of this movie, I think that like one of the main things that it is saying is that there is no ultimate evil. Mm -hmm. Because even the devil, and we can talk about this more once we get to uh, uh, down the line a little bit, even the devil is like not mean, yeah, really. No. Like kind of just like a, a trickster devil. Yeah. And not like an evil devil. Mm -hmm. And doesn't she say at one point like the, the whole like fire and brimstone thing was just like special effects and she was just it was yeah. just another mean joke. The universal tour of hell or whatever yeah, she yeah, calls yeah. it. Universal Studios tour. Right, exactly. And so I mean that kind of led me to believe that like that version of hell doesn't actually exist and mm -hmm. it was just trying to freak him out. Um, I don't know if I was reading too deeply into that. No, but, I mean um, she does say at the end like you know the whole thing about him versus me and everything talking about mm -hmm. God, like that's not, that's not really the way it is. That's just kind of. She does say at one point, like, make it quick. I got an earthquake in Chile in eight minutes, and I was oh. like, that's very bad. Oh, that brings me to another point. Um, I want to make the nineties of this movie. Oh the, yeah, like the early thousands. Just there's a lot of stuff that's pretty problematic in our in our pretty PC world yeah, yeah, of yeah. 2018. Like. Um. Yeah. The, there's just a lot of nines. Even though, like, I think having that same face, having the same actress play the same ones, that felt very thousands. There's just there's some like, things in this that I was like, you would never get away with that joke. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah. Um, there was definitely, like, I mean, let's just get right into it. Obviously, yes. because, like, the same characters, like, play in, multiple, in different mm -hmm. iterations of these different wishes and stuff, which each wish basically plays, like, a sketch. Mm -hmm. Um... And the first one seems like a major jolt. Like we were talking about, like the first one, he wishes to be like rich and fame, rich and powerful and well known, and mm -hmm. married to Allison um, and all this stuff. And he wakes up um, as a Colombian drug lord, like yep. a, basically a Pablo Escobar, mm -hmm. and his face is brown, and oh, you are right, all that kind of stuff. 
Yep. What I do you mean you're right? I didn't you pick didn't, up on that. You really? So much. Oh, okay. I mean, he's got like the teeth, he's got the nose, he's got the hair. Like, there's a lot going on. But yes, but, like, you're right. There but, was a little bit of brown face. There was a little him. bit of brown face. But I ask you this: What I, I, you know, he is a different person. Yeah. I'm not a. I am not a. Um, I am not a blackface, brownface apologist, but I, I do think that we, it, 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 it warrants digging into the question here mm -hmm. of what would be the alternative. I think that this story makes right. a lot of sense. I like this. I like that this mini story. It was. I thought it was kind of clever. It was I a thought good that twist was like, on his yes. like. Aha! Like, sure, you're rich and famous, and you know you've got yeah. you're married and everything, but like. And it's kind of a slow. It's kind of a slow reveal yes. too, which it's mm -hmm. like if you know what you're looking for, it's obvious. But mm -hmm. it's kind of a slow teasing out as he figures it out. Yeah. Really, the only ethnic stereotype that he played into was speaking Spanish, which, you know. Yeah. It's like I mean, there's the like Latin lover thing, like your wife's cheating on you. There's the whole like kind of telenovela fight they get into. Right. But is that ethnic stereotype? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is parodying a telenovela? I wouldn't call that. I would not call that yeah, racist. I mean, that's like a parody of a very specific genre, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, we are not to say, but it is very telenovela, and if it's right. playing into a genre, is that? An ethnic thing or not? Like that's television. But anyway, I I, I thought that I, I did think that it was clever. It did feel kind of long, but um, I did in, I did I did really enjoy that. But then also later on, I thought, oh man, that's I, definitely I thought that would never play today. That would never work to fly today. But then also um, he does uh, uh, ginger face. Can we call it that? Where he's like super uh, because gingers are sensitive. His yeah, exactly mm -hmm. definitely sensitive to the sun. Um, oh. That's a that is a fact. That is. Um, anyway, but yeah, his one of his other wishes is to be very sensitive to to attract mm -hmm. um, to attract Allison emotionally and sensitive. Emotion yeah, he does. He shows up on a beach with mm -hmm. Allison as a redhead, milk white, freckle faced guy and with his like. Crazy green contacts. Green contacts. Oh. Very Intense. full lips for some reason. I didn't really <laughs> track what that was all about, but they they made like. Did you ever see Cloud Atlas, where like yeah. they use the same actors to play different characters? Mm -hmm. This was like a like that same idea, yeah. where it was like these different like. Brendan Fraser got many different. Let's say that his ancestry.com would be a lot different in each one of these yeah, segments. Yeah. Where, um, yeah, in, in in this face one, which I thought was like the funniest looking one. Yeah. Um, That's honestly my favorite like segment. The yeah. I loved when Elizabeth Hurley shows up with the two Dobermans just to like walk through. Yeah. And she calls him um, Dudley and uh, was it Dudley Peter? and Peter? Mm -hmm. um, those what is the, that reference to? Those were the two writers of the original Bedazzled back in the '60s. Oh, I thought it was going to be some kind of like hellfire, you know, some biblical two, or whatever. Yeah, but not. I'm sorry, not the two writers. The the writer slash co-star and the other star. Okay, yeah, because uh, Peter wrote this one as well. Peter I Cook? believe maybe not. I think uh, he's in the credits. Did. I think as. Like based on story. a story, yeah, characters. Yeah, by. okay, yeah. yeah uh -huh. Sorry, I thought that was kind of funny. And then like the mm -hmm. jerks show up and they're like kicking sand in his face yeah. and stuff like that. I loved how the power so dynamic sense. shifted with all the side characters in each mm -hmm. in each segment. That I thought was really and funny. and all the side characters were the people from his office. Yes, and stuff. yeah. Which, by the way, early in the in the beginning of the movie, I really loved the fact that um, <laughs> you set up that these individual people, like none of them, like interact with each other. And they all just like are annoyed by Elliot, and then it's like he goes to the bar, and they're all at the bar together. Yep, I, I probably really talking that. about him. It seems yeah, like hundred percent. Yep. Um, uh. 
yeah, some some other '90s things that the like the whole thing about him being gay would not fly. That was not that was borderline that, homophobic. That was, was a, although I will say that it could have been handled much more delicately. Right, maybe but, not homophobic, just like overly stereotyped. The like, reveal, though, I thought was the one that actually surprised me. Like, ooh, that was okay. the one where, like, I did not see it coming at all. Yeah, Not even close. Good. Problematic presentation, yeah. but yes, it definitely was, I, I thought it was a very clever uh, idea. Yeah. The, um, other, the other 90s thing that really stuck out to me that was less problematic and more just like, oh, what a world we lived in was um, when he, like, his maybe it's a second to last wish one of the just really quick ones where he's like i want to change the world i want to make the world better i want to blah 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 i want to be the president of the united states yep. and i was like oh what a quaint thought like back in the days when we were like who has the power to change the world for the better it's the president like not even trying to get into modern day but just i feel like that's a that's an idea that's died a little while ago like Oh, yeah. you thought you think it was alive and well in the Clinton administration, though. I I think the idea of the presidency is is maybe just I don't know. I don't think we think about it the same way anymore. I did I in that same bit. I mean, I did love the fact that like once he realizes what's happening and he finally finds his pager right when he he's Abraham Lincoln. Yep. And <laughs> and John Wilkes Booth is about to come out and like as he comes out with his pistol in hand, he Brendan Fraser finds the pager yeah. and he's like, hold on a second, and he beep beep beep. And he's like, then he just motions to John Wilkes Booth. Okay, go ahead. He's like, like all right. <laughs> he like resigned. It's just like, yep, yeah, do what you're gonna do. Could have, you could have stopped him. You could have uh, stopped him. The whole lead up to that too is like, just they're like, oh, like we're so glad to have you here. And you realize it's a play. And like very quickly, once yes, you realize yeah. it's a, he's Abraham Lincoln, you know exactly where he is. But you're just like, oh. That God. one was mercifully short, but yeah. it was it, it got his job done. It was oh, very funny. It was very funny. Um, but yes, um, and then of course. My, what I personally think was the funniest segment mm -hmm. was the basketball segment. Oh, okay. I thought that yeah. one was hilarious. I thought it was pitch perfect, front to back. Mm -hmm. Like all of the all of the imitations of like the sports announcers. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Orlando Jones's uh, parody of uh, or imitation of like Charles Barkley was amazing. Okay, I was like, is this? I guess I know Charles Barkley just you know tangentially. I'm not right. a big sports fan, so I think that's why that one hit for me, but not. It doesn't. I don't think it was my funniest one. The sensitivity one was okay. definitely my favorite okay. one. But just the dolphin song, I think, was that hilarious. Okay, yeah, I forgot about the dolphin song. That was really good. <laughs> so much more than a fish to me. My playful friend beneath the sea. <laughs> and every time I he looks at the sunset when he's like, Mom, that darn thing's set. Can't stop crying. I, I, but yes, the I could tell at least like I knew enough to know that all the sportscasters yeah. were a parody of someone. Yeah, and and just like his his Brendan Fraser's uh, pre, uh, uh, performance as the basketball player. First of all, when uh, he he looks terrifying. He, he looks does. like an Aryan or something. Like he does like a Viking. He's a Viking. Oh, okay. Um, mm. But well, the thing that I thought was really funny was that like when um, he's setting up the wish to Elizabeth Hurley and she like. She's like, I got it, Dennis Rodman, and like puts him in that weird outfit, uh -huh. and I was like, th uh, that was like, oh, ha ha. And then he's like, I want to be Michael Jordan, which I was like, mm, don't do Michael Jordan, don't do Michael Jordan. He's you, you different colors. Don't don't oh, do don't do that. Oh, That's gonna be worse than the no. first sketch. But then it wasn't, and it was like he basically became a like the way he's actually visibly portrayed is basically a white Dennis Rodman no. <laughs> covered in tattoos and piercings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway. He reminds me of, I guess this is like um, anachronistic, but what is it, Birdman or something? 
Oh, uh, Larry Bird. Larry Bird, maybe? Yeah. Is that who I'm thinking the, of? The guy who played for the Boston Celtics and it was like the only white basketball superstar of the 80s. No, not the 80s. Oh, Much you're talking, later. Oh, you're talking about the guy who plays for like the San Antonio Spurs or whoever, or maybe. the Oklahoma City. He's got like tons of I know you're talking really about really big now. white guy. Yeah. Birdman, yes. Birdman, right? That's yeah, not... with the neck tattoo uh -huh. and all that. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, 15 years before Birdman. Yeah, Birdman featuring Michael Keaton. Birdman the basketball player. Come on, Google. <laughs> Aren't you listening to me? Um, yeah, and I just like, I think that was like the one where Brendan Fraser was probably having Chris the Anderson. most fun with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. where he was just, because his, his whole performance, which I can't even imitate, but like, you just got to get out there to 110% and, you know. <laughs> the sweat gag where he's like sweating more and more and more and it's just like comically like Second movie in a row him. with that same gag in it. They did it at an airplane like 15 oh, times. Oh yeah, that's once they figured out how to like run water over the top <laughs> of someone's head without you seeing the, the pipe or whatever is. That one was just was so, so rapid fire and funny. I really loved that one. I thought that was yeah. the one that was like the most, I, after that was over, I was like that was excellent. That was extremely <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. And then those like weird interstitials where like Elizabeth Hurley is in different situations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that weird, like, leaned back walk that she does sometimes, like, when she's wearing high heels, she's, like, her whole body is, like, arched backwards, mm -hmm. like, at, from the knees up. It was very she's strange. She's just so cool. She's kind of, at least at the beginning, like, she does cartoonish very well. Mm -hmm. It almost was, like, a sexy Grinch a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, no. she's got, like, a very, like, no. just, like, I don't know. The Jim Carrey Grinch kept coming to my mind because she's very... Like there's a lot going on with her mouth, and then like the way yeah she's, she's English. Kind of... That's just the way her teeth look. <laughs> what about Jim Carrey though? But she just I don't know. There's something very like cartoonish, but then of course like you know she is just yeah. a twelve the whole movie. But whatever happened to her? That's what I want to know. That is like, a great question. Brendan Fraser has gotten a lot of like whatever happened to that guy questions over the last couple of years. What the yeah. hell happened to Elizabeth Hurley? Um, she was in this movie, she was in Austin Powers, right. and she was in like a couple of other things, and then like, I don't remember seeing her in anything after like oh, 2003. she was in The Royals? Is that that? It's what? It's supposed to be fake reality TV about like, oh, royal family, is that yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Gossip I, Girl, I guess? Oh, alright, well. Wonder Woman, the TV movie? Between right. like 2004 and 2010, there was really nothing, and then even now, it's not... Hmm. Yeah, not a lot. Nope. It's too bad. I mean, she's probably doing just fine. She's probably okay. Um, I mean, honestly, she's probably living off, living off residuals from Austin Powers still. She's just, like, super cool in this movie. Yes. And I actually really appreciated the relationship between, like, her and Brendan Fraser. Although, for a minute, yeah. I honestly did think that the end, up, the end of the movie was going to be them ending up together. Oh, God, no. Um, but, obviously, that didn't happen. No, um, like, they're... They have a real friendship, kind yeah. of, and it's very... It was a yeah, surprisingly... Like, like, for the type of movie that this was, they had a surprisingly platonic relationship. Yeah, Which yeah. is something that I was not expecting because of just the tone that this movie established early on. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even, like... I mean, he recognizes that she's sexy from the beginning, but, right. like, it's and not... And he's intimidated by her because he's not used to women paying attention to him. Right. But once he gets over that, it's like there's zero sexual attention whatsoever. Yeah, there's, and I love that. I love yeah, that Yeah, I thought choice. it was great. Um... So, yeah, we kind of talked a little bit about the religious implications in this movie, but, like, more specifically, I kind of want to zero in on, like, the representations of the devil in movies uh -huh. and how this movie kind of fits into anything existing or, and, or doesn't. Like, because mm -hmm. most of the time, I think, if you think about the devil in movies, you're thinking of, like, The Exorcist, mm. like, The Witch or something like that, right. where it's, like, this uh, malevolent 
a pure evil force that is just right. bent on the misery and destruction of humanity. And that is definitely not what we get here. Not even close. I mean, right. like, you get, you get a meter maid. Yeah. Um, that, that is, like, kind of the level of evil that we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of curious about your thoughts about that. I mean, going into this movie, you know, like, you at least know enough to expect, to not expect a horror movie devil. Right. Like, yeah, there's definitely, there's the exorcist devil. This is more of a, like, a Faust devil. This right. is a, a devil, an accessible devil. It's not going to be scary 100% of the time or anything. But even, like you're saying, like, I don't think you see the devil this, like... Amiable? Yeah. Like, usually I think the devil is kind of an uh, adversary, yeah. at least. Like, some kind of, like antagonist but she's really not even the antagonist in this movie no this is a trickster devil this is yeah. like loki yeah you know yeah. this is like the loki Tough character loki, like yeah where it's like they're more interested in just causing chaos and like mayhem and basically like just pranking people right. more than anything else she's um, almost like chaotic neutral like i wouldn't even say yeah. she's particularly evil yeah she doesn't do anything to brendan at least that's She's, she's, the, she's the fun devil. She's yeah. the fun devil. She gives him an out of every single wish. Yeah. Like, there's a very easy out of the whole thing yeah. that he just... She said nobody had ever, like, used before. But I was like, nobody Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever did something nice. Ever, nobody ever figured it out, like... Yeah, or just, like, was like, I wish my parents, uh -huh. like, could pay off their house. Like, do you... Like, nice. Do you remember... Like, you're a big Disney TV movie fan. I know that's definitely your brand. Yep. Do you remember the movie Proudly. with Will Friedle and Matthew Lawrence, H.E. Double Hockey Sticks? It came out yes. around the same time, probably, where Will Friedle, where they were both, if you recall, they played roommates on Boy Meets World, and oh my Will Friedle, who played Eric, okay. um, he yes. he was the, he was like he wasn't the devil, but he was like an agent of the devil, mm -hmm. and he like it was a Faustian story where like he signed Matthew Lawrence, who was a hockey player for the Jersey Devils. Yes. Um, and he like basically signed a deal with him, and it was I don't remember how it ends up. I mean, I can take a stab at it, but yeah. anyway, no, I Probably that very similar, yeah, very very similar to this movie, I think. And like I said, I think it came out around the same time, probably 1999, a year yeah. before it actually beat it out. Yeah. So, <laughs> were they inspired? Sure, hmm. sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was curious. Like, I don't like. Why do you think it is that we don't really see more ver this more of this version of the devil in movies? Like, I feel like. The fun devil has a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I I'm trying to think. I've got to I'm got to assume that this is not totally unique. Like this is it's a really fun and there's a lot of kind of narrative possibilities with mm -hmm. this. But yeah, you usually see the devil as if you're going to invoke the devil at all, it's going to be uh -huh. for like pure evil. Yeah, the devil is like the end of the line, the most evil. When else have we seen even like a devil? Yeah. Like this. Besides you know, H.E. Double Hockey Sticks, which right. we're all thinking, obviously. obviously. So. You know what it actually reminds me of now that I'm thinking about it? Like, it's almost like a much more, like, playful version of Fight Club. <laughs> oh. Where it's like, in that movie, it's very much like a Faustian deal where it's like he, you know, it, but it's like it's like a Faustian deal as, uh, uh, like, grafted onto, like, a Jekyll and Hyde story. Mm -hmm. Spoilers for Fight Club. Oh. Um, but, it, yeah, I don't know what it, what it was in that time period that made this type of movie become, like, uh, a thing. Because that's, you know, Fight Club and H.E. Double Hockey Sticks, 99. This movie, 2000. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not, like, takes three for a trend. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like what we're... I, I don't know what it was in the zeitgeist that was making that story appealing or making multiple different studios want to pursue that type of story. But in its, those kinds of, like, weird synchronicities of movies coming out is mm -hmm. always kind of interesting to me, especially when they're not a total one-for-one. One. Yeah. I think I would put these 
movies in the trend of like a wish fulfillment movie, which yes. I think was huge during this period. Mm -hmm. It's just maybe another way to get to the the kind of fantastical wishes element. Yeah. It's like the devil, sure. Like right. that's one way to do it. You can have a genie, you can yeah. have like whatever. Like it really was a kind of a genie setup mm -hmm. more than anything. God, and that is I feel like such a symptom of like pre nine eleven America when people were like, I don't know, what would you do if you had three wishes? Or like <laughs> what would you wish for if you could After wish for anything? We never talked about that. Yeah, because we all knew what it was. Bin Laden's head on a platter, right? <laughs> oh my God! Moving on. <laughs> We're not what, going. Not there. everybody. Not everybody. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, on the subject of the devil, though, on the characterization of the devil, I did think this was interesting. I looked. Did you look up the original at all? Like, had, you know anything about the Just original? Just a little bit. Okay. I, I honestly reading about it, I was like, oh, you know what? I actually this piqued my interest in it. I would be I curious thought... to see what kind of carried over yeah. and it sounded like a good movie it looks fascinating and this is the part that stuck out to me and i don't know why they didn't go with this specific storyline in the in this remake mm -hmm. in the original the devil is in a game with god trying to be the first to gather 100 billion souls and if he achieves this first he will be readmitted into heaven but ultimately oh. he spares the elliot character's eternal damnation because he's already exceeded his quota of 100 billion and he can afford to be generous. So he's got no actual reason to continue the game. So the reason that he lets him off is like, oh shit, did I hit 100 billion already? Okay, well, see ya. Wow, oh, I thought you, I thought it was gonna go like, the devil ends up letting him go and that's what gets him to heaven. Like it's almost like a reverse, like what gets <laughs> Elliot out of his predicament in the current, in the 2000s movie is what got the devil out of it in the 1967 uh, or whatever. Oh, here. Uh, the devil goes to heaven to meet God, but is rejected again. St. Peter explains that when he gave Stanley, the Ellie character, back his soul, he did the right thing, but with the wrong motive. So, sorry, oh. Charlie, you're out of luck. See? I could have gotten him in. Could you know have. how to game the system. Right. Speaking um, of which, yes. I am really curious for your bulletproof wish All right. so, theory. This is from, an, uh, where, did, where did I see this? This is from a Quora uh, article, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's uh, it's headed, it's, uh, the headline is, how would a lawyer respond to the stereotypical three wishes genie? Same mm, general okay. idea. Um, uh, the author says, I'm a lawyer in Mexico, just as is my passion, so this is how I would do it. Um, he says, I would get the genie to sign the following contact oh. contract on my terms. No, um, no, no. With items like, uh, da, 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 the wish grantor will fulfill the three specific magic wishes through the use of supernatural means, the human, receiver of the genie's magical services, uh, will be the receiver of the benefits of the wish. Clause one, um, at all times, the wish grantor will interpret and grant the wishes exactly as the godson, the human, wants. In no situation will the wish grantor interpret literally or against the wishes of the godson, even if the wording is poor. In case of doubt, the wish grantor has the obligation to ask the godson for clarification, and in case this is not possible, grant the wish in the way that would benefit the most to the godson. This goes on for oh. about a page and a half. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically, this is like a very short kind of boilerplate contract um, for uh, tricky devils or genies or other mm. wish-granting entities. And so it really made me think about why was the devil's contract so thick? Like, I want to know what's in that contract. Yes, well, that's exactly the point. And this is what they do to you in real life. Listen up, people. I'm dropping some real knowledge on you. This is, that's exactly how like terms and conditions work. They hide what they don't want you to know in just a ton of language. Like most of that was fluff, but you know, the things, the important things are in there, but they know if it's long enough and boring enough, you're not gonna read it. Yeah, So Stay read woke. your leases, read the terms and conditions. But yeah, I mean, 
which I thought it was a little hilarious gag in this as well, just to put a It's a, a classic. Fine point on it's it. It a, like giant contract coming from the ceiling, just landing whoop. right on his lap. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, okay, <laughs> but no, though, because they're not going to do that. They're not going to go for it. The devil. I no, I dismiss this. I want to. I want a way to make my wishes bulletproof when I make them. Like, how do mm -hmm. I? Okay. Word it in a way that... Well, there is... I also found a webcomic that I will post on our Facebook page by a guy named Robbie Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. It's very, very wordy, but it's like the genie said, uh, you know, comes out of the lamp, and this guy says, okay, then for my first wish, I wish that any and all wishes that I present to you or any other authorized, capable wish-granting entity or agency will be fulfilled by the wish-granter in a way that fully complies with the spirit of the intended wish and in a manner that does not pervert, <laughs> corrupt, or otherwise alter the wish that I specifically intended to make, no matter what semantics, wordplay, puns, homonyms, or other verbal, psychological, or other forms of trickery exist that may, in other or less carefully defined circumstances, be applied to otherwise employed to grant me the wish in, my, in any way that fulfills the wish as verbally declared, but does not grant me the wish that I actually subconsciously and deliberately wanted in both the conceptual and practical sense. Okay, so I think the practical use of this, knowing that the devil is never going to sign your contract, right. they're going to insist on using theirs. Correct, obviously. Obviously. You have to add that to your, you have to memorize that and put that in your wish. You I was going to gonna be say like, just like, I wish I was rich and powerful in the way that exactly that I'm imagining it, not like using any puns or world play, blah, 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 blah. You have to memorize or, it. Or alternatively, just keep this like folded up in your pocket at all times for when you inevitably encounter either the wish-granting devil or a genie. Laminate obviously. people, put it in your wallet. Yeah. Um, it's not that hard. Um, it's not. It's going to pay off in the end. Yeah. Um, Do you want to end up as a Colombian drug lord when your wife doesn't even really love you? No. Eh. I mean, I've seen Narcos. You. It doesn't seem great, but um, <laughs> you raised a good point, actually, earlier on, that um, is the modern-day terms and conditions the contract with the devil, and is your data your soul? That is an excellent point, because... She does say, like, what are you even doing with your soul? And yeah. I kind of feel like that's, that's a good question. where I'm at right now. What are you now? even like, doing with that data? Who cares? Doing, who do I, I can't protect it at this point. It's gone. But the Everyone has yeah. it. And as that guy in the jail cell, it doesn't, doesn't belong to you. It, it doesn't belongs, belong to me. It belongs to God. Your belongs data to, belongs to God. Is that Google <laughs> in this situation? Uh, Amazon? Yeah. Bezos is the devil. Google Bezos. as an entity is God. Mm, okay, yep. <laughs> Omnipresent, Nebulous, no real face to it. Like, I, let me ask you, can you name the CEO of Google? Probably not off the top of your head. I can't. Why is that? Because Google they're, was just given to us. Google was <laughs> gifted to us just by God. Us. Oh my gosh. Um, oh well, my Google. Is there, oh my Google. Don't take Google's name in vain. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to say about this movie? I enjoyed this movie. I really did. I don't I don't think that like you need to go into this movie with like the highest of expectations. Like no, it's, certainly not. You it's, will be nothing but disappointed. You will be disappointed. Like, Please there, go in with medium expectations. There is a reason why this movie is not well rem remembered. And I'm not even gonna say not fondly remembered. It's just not well remembered. Yes, I think that's exactly accurate. Um so would I recommend this movie? I would. If you're just looking for kind of a goofball comedy that you don't have to think about too much, but mm -hmm. it's something that like you will be like, how come I never saw this before? It's, it's, it's enjoyable. And um, uh, if I may, I have a little uh, three-sentence review that I, could, that I could share if I could summarize all of my feelings Please about this movie. Please do. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So the age-old story of Faust gets a 21st century update following its 1967 update of the same name in Bedazzled. The uneven but surprisingly entertaining film is basically a collection of sketches and in many ways functions as a semi-forgotten time capsule of Y2K pop culture. Remember when Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley were super famous? 
Perhaps not the best work of either director Harold Ramis or co-writer Larry Gelbart, Bedazzled is still worthy of hidden gem status for comedy fans and nostalgic millennials alike. Nice. Okay. Co-sign. Good. I like it. All right. Also, maybe the first movie explains this, but why is it called Bedazzled? I don't know. I was really disappointed when this was not about, like, rhinestone-covered jean jackets. I would have watched the hell out of that movie. Some, like, young entrepreneur just bedazzling things and, like, making their fortune or something. Joy, but with a bedazzler. I was really yes. just, like, waiting this whole time for when the bedazzler was going to show up, and it never showed up. <laughs> it never showed up. What the I, hell? It's got to be something in the original. I, that is, if not for no other reason, that is the reason for me to watch the first one, because what <laughs> the does mystery. bedazzled mean? Yeah. I, I, although... I, do think that the storyline of the original was pretty intriguing, but yeah, um, yeah I have no idea where the bedazzle comes from. Oh like well, a biblical thing like the the devil bedazzles you or something. I'm not sure. Give him the old razzle dazzle. Bra um. Barazzle bedazzle. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. Probably. What do we have coming up next? Okay, so got some options for you here. Ooh. Would you like to watch a movie? Um, that is a true story, or a one night in New York story. Let's do a true story. Okay. Would you like a true story that follows one person, or a true story that follows several people? Several. Okay. I'm glad you picked this. This is like one of mine that I've been wanting to bring to the table since the very mm. beginning. Um, how much have you seen, or how familiar are you with like Miami Vice? Oh, not very honestly okay. a lot of those like kind of cop shows of that time run together for okay me. okay and also the shows with numbers and places like hawaii 5 hawaii 5 21 jump street <laughs> uh that's not the same era <laughs> um yeah, they all kind of run together for me, honestly. So I don't okay. have like a specific gotcha, memory gotcha. of that one. But like, as far as like aesthetically, like, do you have any kind of like perception of like Miami Vice, Scarface, the movie Scarface, oh. things of that nature? Let me ask you, what is the first thing that you would think of if I said Miami in the eighties? Drugs, probably. <laughs> yeah, cocaine. <laughs> Nailed it. Sorry, Miami. That's okay. Um, it's a different I'm city. I'm sure you've it's got a, new, a lot of new like, day in Miami. Yeah. So. There is a fascinating documentary um, that I've been dying to bring to the table. Just oh. timing has never been right, oh, and it is okay. all about how Miami got that reputation and how big of a deal it was and why it spawned such massive pop culture phenomena like Scarface and like Miami Vice. Next week, we are going to watch one of my personal favorite movies, not just documentaries. Wow. Kay, have you seen Cocaine Cowboys? I have not. I know you've brought this one up a lot. I've heard people talk about this one. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Excellent. I can't wait to discuss it. But until then, thank you so much for joining us. As always, um, don't forget to check out K Have You Seen on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. We don't cuss as much. That's a selling point. We are trying our we're, best. We're very good. I think good. you probably didn't. I definitely did. But... But I'm, we're I'm working on it. We're not doing it as much. That is the yeah. K Have You Seen promise. You're we don't welcome, cuss Dad. As much. We got some strong feedback That's from some right. of our more uh, some of our avid fans. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, next week, Cocaine Cowboys. Check it out if you're following along at home. But until then, my name is Kyle. I'm Kari. And this is K Have You Seen. See ya.